Welcome to the Catnips Podcast. It's your girl Lexi and my co-host Sid Rain. Hey y'all. And if you like trap colloquialism, yeah, hope, old school wisdom, <laughs> and narcissistic advice, which could be bad or good, then this is the podcast for you. We talking hella shit and I'm just being generous. So get the business on how to mind yours personally and professionally. We are reimagining the cat lady in 2018. Oh, we can say happy Tuesday to America and happy Wednesday to the Chinese. Nope. I have so much to rub in people's faces at this point in my life. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) I mean, just like, I feel like phenomenally accomplished. And I I mean that in the most humble, but universally, like, appreciative way. I feel awesome about how the podcast is coming. I loved everyone's feedback for episode one. I want people to know that this is a safe space. So within this safe space, I want to thank you guys for allowing Sydney and I to say as much reckless shit as we can possibly fit into a time frame. I want you guys to understand that we are as entertained as you are by us, if that means anything. So trust me, the experience has been phenomenal. What are we talking about today, Sid? So, I mean, honestly, that's great because it goes great with our um, P word of the day, which is prosperity. Prosperity is so like pivotal for everybody. Like it's such a personal space. It's a personal achievement. It's more rich than having a bank full of gold. Like you can have, a vault like Gringotts, but if you don't have prosperity in your heart, you ain't got nothing. And prosperity begins in your mind. Exactly, like prosperity comes from, it comes from within. And just being grateful, living your life like it's golden, and like living it to the fullest. And yeah, like you'll be going through stuff. We are all going through things, but it's important to remember that trouble does not last always. Like shit will suck, but it will not last always. So it's just about your mindset um, and your attitude as you're going through the BS. Um, You know what? Yeah, everything you said, my bad. I'm just high. (laughs) Prosperity. Sydney's just demonstrating her own personal prosperity right now. Just her own euphoria. And I I wish these things to you at home, to every single listener. Like, I want you to have at least 5, 10 minutes in your day where you just feel amazing about being exactly where you are in that moment. So make it a habit of taking that instead of waiting on someone to give it to you. You are absolutely right. And um, also something that this lady told me a while ago at work was um, when things feel hard, you just have to think about what things you're grateful for. And in that instance, like in my head, I was like, fuck you because I hate this job. That's not what the fuck I want. And that makes sense, but it does not apply here. Um, I've used it in other areas of my life (laughs) Um, and other areas where like, you know, I'm irritated about, you know, getting a pay raise or like not getting a pay raise. Um, or I'm fighting through other battles. I just have to look back and see like where I've come from. Like, well, damn, like I I didn't even have the job to complain about it. Yeah, it's called putting stuff into perspective. You have mastered all of the tough shit in your life. If you made it to this point, you haven't been defeated yet. So it's like, you may be in a difficult time now. That's perfectly all right. Stop there, except that that is perfectly all right that you are going through a tough time. 
it's okay. That's why there are resources. That's why there's support systems. That's why there's more life to live so that you can experience more things in life. Like I want people to be as selfish with preserving their good energy and their dreams and their goals and their values and their integrity the same way that they are about money and Jordans and jewelry and and selfies and the latest phones and all of the other stuff that is replaceable. I want you to be as selfish about loving yourself as you are about loving a nigga that ain't shit for you. Like if you could be that selfish towards somebody that's not looking out for you, I want you to be 20 times more selfish with loving yourself. And that's how I want to start this week's podcast. Because they've been testing us. They had this week, this last few weeks, the media has been testing the shit out of black women. And I just want all my sisters, all my girls, all my women, all my upcoming women, all my millennials, all my hard workers to understand that, like, don't let the media tempt you into feeling like you got to fight in public or you got to be belittled by umpires or... You got to scream on on other people's podcasts and not add anyone like I'm doing right now or or whatever, whatever derogatory bullshit or make up lies. Like they made up a whole lie about Faith Evans and Mary J. Blige getting into a fight. Wow. Did you realize that, Sydney? You ain't even have a party in the Hamptons. (laughs) Niggas just be lying. So what I want people to feel like is like, yo, it's cool that people be lying. But your internal prosperity gets you through that rumor and, you know, and gets you where you need to go. So, prosperity. What's next? You owe me an apology. I have never cheated in my life. I have a daughter and I stand what's right for her and I've never cheated. And you owe me an apology. I love her. Because when I tell you she has championed a field that was not accessible for black people or for women, and she has championed the shit out of that arena. And it's like, I have mixed feelings. Let me be honest with you. I have mixed feelings because it's like, my my thing is this. My I go by the old adage of don't argue with fools because from a distance, no one knows the difference. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, I get that she was driving her point home, but it's like, sis, you already the number one in the whole world. Don't let that man shake you. If he feel like it's a point and a penalty and this and the third, and he's wrong, okay, cool. Let the tapes defend it. But you you ain't gotta argue with nobody. You know what I mean? And that's what I want all women to understand. Like, let your credibility stand up for you. And it's going to be times where you're going to have to take the hit, where you're going to have to take the penalty, where you're going to walk away from the job, or you're going to walk away from this seemingly promising situation because you're not being respected. But stand on, respect your own word and stand on that. And I'm grateful that Serena took control of the crowd and was like, we're not going to boo this girl because that's another, that could be Serena 9.0 in the making. And we ruined her experience by booing at it. But she worked for it. You know what I mean? She worked for that moment just as much as Serena has worked for the moments that she's had as well. So it's like, shout out to both of them. Shout out to them for being excellent players in a field that doesn't necessarily give you equal treatment. And I'm proud of both of them for 
still standing up and like you're saying, using their voices, using using your actions behind your voice to dis- to stand up for what you believe is right. So you know what we're gonna do now? We're gonna stop arguing with y'all because we're gonna let our credibility speak for ourselves. Prosperity is allowing the universe to handle the bullshit for you. So instead of arguing about my race or about my hair or about my body type or about my sexual preferences or my sexual orientation, I'm gonna let my credibility and my hard work speak for us. And if that means you have to walk away from things that you feel like you need it most, if it mistreats you, you don't need it. And I want people to understand that and love on that. How you feel about that, Sid? You're absolutely right. It's best to walk away because it's not your job to convince them that you're great. The fuck? Honestly, I 100% agree with you. And not only does like her credibility speak for itself, everyone else knows it you know like it's one thing for like her to know it and she knows you know that oh i've never cheated my life but everyone else knows everyone else can be can speak for you can vouch for you um but like i understand she was upset in a moment you know shit probably just you know shit builds up from you know previous times what of you not going off on people you know Issa ray does a good job in her show of just kind of like showing how racism happens and like if it's like just day-to-day stuff like the girl in the Uber being racist or, you know, going to the Korean grocery store and a Korean grocery store cashier being racist. And it's like, bitch, you're at work, I'm off. Things build up and you just let let it slide. Cause you know, you just can't pop off on it every day. Like it's, it happens so casually, but you just can't pop off. Cause it's something like that, you know, does change your whole vibe and does change your mood. So you do try to, you know, you're like, all right, you know, that's fine, whatever. here it goes happening again so I totally understand you know why she felt like she needed to you know go the fuck off I feel you microaggressions can lead to one huge macroaggression where somebody go macro the fuck off on you (laughs) it's completely unfixable after you go off you know what I mean so it's like how you handle the microaggression manages how easy and how prepared and how ready you'll be to manage a macroaggression, you know what I mean? I'm sure Serena has definitely been in tougher positions. Serena Williams is one of the highest drug tested athletes within her field. And for what reason? How? Why? What's the purpose? They banned your clothing that actually helps you with blood clots from your pregnancy. They banned that. Why? Like you can just see all of the amount of microaggressions that she's dealing with so like I'm not saying you can't go off on people do it go the fuck off go slap the hell off but pick your battles fight the war but pick your battles that's what I'm gonna end it with how about like a punch card like a microaggression punch card and for like every 10 times you don't beat somebody's ass you get to beat somebody's ass not a bad idea. <laughs> so you get so many punches. How many punches do you get? Tens a lot. Honestly, like three. I'm going to draft up some little um, punch card samples for people. And we'll just get like a test market. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and tell us if you want a punch card so we can send it to you. So how do we do this? Like for every five microaggressions, do you get to like drop kick somebody and then you get more microaggressions and then you get to go like full on like ham 
Like, how does this work? Maybe people should send in their threshold of microaggressions, you know what I'm saying? So like from the scale of like, I don't know, like what's, what's the, we really have to think about what is the most micro <laughs> form of racism and then the very max form of microaggressive racism, you know, like the max form of microaggression. Does this sound crazy? <laughs> But that's because we're trying to figure out a way to tolerate microaggressions in an, in an environment that shouldn't even have to deal with it. That's why it sounds crazy. This almost, girl, this sounds like the beginning, like the round table discussion before they came up with the purge. Well, you know what? What we need to do. <laughs> Everybody just kill, rob, steal, get it out your system. And when the sun come back up, we be like, yeah. It's less printing material than the punch cards. Like, <laughs> bro, I ain't got my cards. No, see, the last time I was here, I got two cards. Black and white, we don't want to run out of ink. Y'all niggas ain't buying color. Nah, this sound like the prelude to the purge, so I think I'm gonna fall back on it. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we don't want, to be clear. <laughs> Nobody wants a race war, but we want to acknowledge these very real ass aggressions that happen. I mean, I just saw a clip where a black lady was in line, like I guess ordering food and a white lady was behind her. The black lady had braids. The white lady, you know, is playing with her hair. And the black lady turns around and says, I'm feeling very friendly today. Please don't touch my hair. And the white lady was like, oh, then of course the black girl who you know feels like she has to speak up or who does have to speak up for herself is like you know trying to be sweet about it oh you know yeah thank you know okay i know you didn't mean to harm and you have to pacify your offender and listen i'm always going to use this example i cannot walk up to you and touch your wallet you don't get to walk up to me and touch my body like you have to have the same things on the same level of protectiveness. If you can protect your money with Capital One and and like all of these credit sesames, all of these little apps and such that protect your credit and your identity, you're gonna. I'm gonna protect my physical identity with the same tenacity. Don't walk up to me touching my hair. I don't care if I look like a completely different person than I did two hours or two days or two weeks ago. Don't touch me. That, get, that nothing about me changing my image gives you permission to have access to it. Controversial former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick has been chosen as one of the faces of a new Nike campaign meant to commemorate the 30th anniversary of the brand's iconic Just Do It motto. Kaepernick tweeted about it Monday, posting a photo of himself with the quote, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Um, someone who's been in the news for I don't even know for how long, but Colin Kaepernick, um, you know, played for the 49ers in San Francisco and just took the knee and, you know, they booted him off. Everyone was white upset. <laughs> some other cultures that was upset because it interrupted their football. There were other people who felt like it wasn't quite a big deal. And Colin thought like, you know, him doing a nonviolent protest would be okay. Um, <laughs> which I think seems pretty safe. 
Um, but yeah, so I think it's interesting because as much as everyone is like really pro Colin, um, people are still watching football and um, I don't know, I feel like I, I just think it's, it, that's very interesting. And I'm not being like, you know, pointing the finger because I was raised in a very football family. Everybody watches football. It's the thing. Um, every Super Bowl, my dad is like, baby, where are you watching the game? Like, it's a very big deal. Um, I feel like the pastors in the South, they know they got to be out by a certain time, a certain time and football is on. Um, it's a big deal. So I feel like as we celebrate Colin and everything he's doing, we are still watching um, football, which I mean, come on, like it's also very hard to refrain from, you know, racist or sex or racism and sexism every day in America. Like it's just kind of hard. So like some of the things that we enjoy, you know, there is that aspect of it too, unfortunately. So you getting your Nikes or what? Oh, hell yeah. I'm definitely, definitely for sure. Like, I, yeah, I love him. This is a time where I love St. Louis, right? It makes me so grateful to be from home because as soon as I found out Kaepernick was working with Nike and they had a whole situation, I was like, give me two per, I need two per. I was so lit, I was so happy. I wanted per with four R's for two pairs of shoes, yes. I want two per of shoes <laughs> to per in. I was so pleased, like, it made me really happy. Um, because it let me know like companies are really acknowledging their position on corporate corporate social responsibility um, with their communities. Like you have to be, you cannot just be a whack ass corporation no more because consumers have access to way more information than they used to. You know what I mean? Like my only my only beef is, and I always have a beef with something because I see things from so many perspectives, right? My only beef was, why didn't y'all tell us sooner? Like, Nike had been hiding this secret. Ben Pan has got under the table. No one ever really acknowledged that it was a veteran that gave him the idea to kneel instead of um, like sitting out or or um, this, you know, completely disregarding the flag. So it's like. Y'all could have told me this two weeks ago. I was good with it, you know? And that way it could have ended that conversation. It could have killed that argument as soon as it erupted, if there would have been acknowledgement that he knew why he was doing what he was doing and that he had support for it. You know what I mean? So it was like, we left that man out to dry, in my opinion. Well, in my, it looked like he was out to dry. He was getting them wet Nike checks as far as we, you know, what we really didn't know. No, 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 no. But see, but this is the thing, and this, and I found this out afterwards. The NFL, NFL was paying Nike, so Nike had to keep it hush. What? Really? Yes, girl. So the jig, right? Like the finesse. So yeah, they had to keep it quiet. Girl, let me would have been calling Kaepernick's. 14th cousin twice removed. I would have been ran my mouth months ago. <laughs> it was really Nike that ain't shit. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever. My point is just like, I'm glad that the situation is turning out way better than what it was or what we thought it was. I just, 
I want us to get to our point in media where transparency is as um, profitable as secrets and and media clips and little tidbits of information are. You know what I mean? Is that too much? Are we gonna get the <laughs> are we gonna get the punch cards before we get media transparency? Girl, yes. We definitely get the punch cards. Like media transparency is not even coming like maybe in our maybe in our grandkids generation. Oh no, we got two generations before that I have. If the earth is even still here, goddamn, I don't know. We may be on Mars. open and say I'm starting to see spaceships on I would really enjoy that can Obama be the president on Mars are there rules against that no not at all you know what I'm just gonna always just say like you know I got that out of world pussy you know out of space <laughs> right boy let me get somewhere near the ozone I'm gonna be running my mouth oh 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 you ain't got that intergalactic though <laughs> Oh, oh, you domestic, huh? Oh, you only, you fucking with these domestic ass bitches. You fucking with these earthlings, huh? Okay. Well, you're rocking shit. Oh, she still need water? Bet. <laughs> Bet. <laughs> I got a Balenciaga space suit, two seasons. Wear your space suit. Girl will be stopping in that bitch like Sandy Cheeks, like off SpongeBob. Trust and believe it. And also, I bet like the tree is just so dope outer space. Like, if we have good cannabis here on Earth, I can only imagine what the fuck is hiding in like goddamn Pluto or, um, well, maybe not Pluto. I think Pluto's too cold. Let me just be honest with you. I've been ozone, atmosphere, 30,000 feet in the sky high. I'm not fucking with it. I really, 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 really don't. I'm I'm good. And so I'm gonna leave that to you. Um, I will be in the spaceships, posing with my outfits on, um, with my Astro J's or whatever, but I'm gonna leave the edibles to you. So I want people to be like transparent and honest with themselves. And like, just know when shit is not for them, right? And like, edibles are such a popular item. Everybody's so excited. They want to try them because it's it's not smoking. It's this is that. I try edibles, and when I tell you, that thing wore me out. So we go visit Sydney for our holiday, which is 420. It just is, and so. We go to Cali, we chill. You know, we like, oh, we're gonna try some edibles. You know, let's try it. You know, as many other people have done, I'm not the only one. I don't wanna hear no fuss. And so we tried it, we kicked it all weekend. We we really missed the majority of the weekend due to the naps, but we really had a great relaxing time with my homies, right? With my girls. I needed this time. So <sighs> y'all. Oh. <laughs> Y'all, I call myself, I'm saying like, all right, I'm going to take an edible and get on the plane and it'll make me sleepy and I can sleep through this four hour flight across the entire United States back to, oh my right, from LA across the United States of America to Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. 
So I'm like, all right, I took a piece and I had it in my hand and I was doing too much. I was trying to get my edibles um, situated. I was trying to make sure my bags were good. We had to order the Uber. I was gonna lock myself out of Sid's house. Like it was just a lot of stuff going on. I ate the whole edible that was in my hand. When I tell you that was the beginning of the worst decision in my fucking life, that was the beginning of it right there. That moment right there. So I'm like, cool. I realized that as I'm riding to the airport. Okay. So we're riding. And it's working. <laughs> it's working. And all of a sudden, I just had this urgency to eat like a bratwurst. Now, for one, I don't eat pork. So that was that was already like letting me know, yo, this is getting out of control. But I'm, I had to have it. And lo and behold, in the airport, is a bratwurst station. Like, ooh, it's a polo sausage. Let me get one. I got one. I ate it in the line to get on the plane. That was maybe a four-minute, a four-minute situation. And it was gone. It, is, <laughs> it was totally gone. I felt like I didn't even eat it. So I get on the plane. And you know how Southwest, they don't give you no seats. So you got to just hope to get a good window seat or hope to sit next to somebody who doesn't creep you out. And so I was doing my chances. I kid you not, Sid, as soon as I sat down, everything kicked in. And I was like, I was like teleported into the King's Cross station from the end of Harry Potter, where Harry Potter had gotten killed, which meant that it killed Voldemort, and Dumbledore was the only person who knew what that was about. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, it means you're lame and you read any of the Harry Potter books or watch the movie and you have a lot of life to catch up on after you listen to the podcast. But I was all three characters. My face was on all three characters' faces. I was a little feeble, defeated, um, dark wizard. I was... <laughs> I was a dead headmaster and I was like like a magical white boy and all of them were having panic attacks about these edibles at the same time and I was trying to talk myself through it because I'm very self-pacifying like I'm very able to be like yo you tripping you know this not a real issue let it go but I was having panic attacks like and mind you mind you the plane is moving at this point. And I'm also in another world at the same time. So physically and mentally, I wasn't even in the same space. So Professor Dumbledore trying to talk it over with Voldemort and try to pacify us. Like, yo, we just gonna take some deep breath. Yo, you're just having a panic attack. Yo, it's, it's standard operation paranoia. Yo, it's gonna be okay. We're gonna do some more breathing exercises. And Harry turned around, Harry Lexi. Lexi Harry, I don't know. He I turned around and said, No, bitch, you need to throw up. Mm. Suddenly my my spirit was shoved back in my body. And I opened my eyes and realized, yo, I am on. <laughs> We're taking off. I'm in liftoff. So I'm not even on the ground anymore. And I'm like, oh my God, I couldn't even open my mouth. I looked at my homegirl who was equally having the same panic attack with probably a different storyline attached right next to me. <laughs> and Sammy looked at me and I was like, yo, I ain't gonna make it. 
And it was by the grace of the universe that I was able to get that fresh ass bratwurst back out of my body into a, a doggy bag. And I was very clean about it. Didn't get any um, throw up anywhere. Thank God. That was my precision, you know. <clears throat> and then I blacked out for four hours. I woke up and we were in Atlanta. I do not ever want to feel like that again. I do not care about the height. I don't care what flavor it is. I don't care how good it tastes. Do not ever in your life <laughs> ever try to make me feel that way again. It was so awful. <laughs> Sydney, have you ever felt like that? Shit is potent, you know what I'm saying? So you do have to really consider how much you're ingesting. And so like when I go to the when I go to the weed store, um, on every label you will see it says you should um, you shouldn't take more than like whatever the dosage is but like between one and a half to two hours. So that's what it says. However, what I've realized is that when I give catnip away, it like people like they don't feel it on hour two. They're, they're like they're like looking at the time. They're like, you know what? I don't feel it. Give me more. I don't feel it. Feel it. And this isn't this isn't with Lexi. This is like other people I know. Um, but they're like, you know, I want more. And I'm like, okay, damn. So, are you sure? They're like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I give them some more catnip. Um, and I kid you not. Thirty minutes later, the first catnip is kicking in. The first the first catnip dosage is kicking in and then i'm like oh no because um you know i obviously feel really bad because they've already ingested a second piece they should have waited longer so i realized that it's a, it's this is important to consider um no that's a fucking trap when you so arrogant that you on drugs and you think you don't feel them yet but you have to digest it that is the drug guy saying, ha ha, let's see how this is going to go. <laughs> so we want to um, integrate how you are able to use trap colloquialisms in everyday life. Um, I do it all the time. It's very easy. I have multiple. Um, my most common is to Chinese City Boy. True. Um, just a simple true works. It's just awesome. Um, but anyways, there are various ways how you can work it into your day-to-day -day life. We have a story from one of our followers. Um, thank you again so much for writing in. Thank you for being honest with us because um, we feel very comfortable that we can be honest with y'all. So yeah, Lexi, do you want to explain this one? So this user and her friends, they go chill for the holidays and apparently they love smoking trees. And so it was one of the friends' birthdays. And so they go out, they have this great time. Y'all know how girls are, how everybody has that one meetup spot where they go chill, they go eat. You know, they pregame. If y'all smoke, they roll up. If you, you know, whatever it is to make going out more adventurous but less expensive, right? So they were doing that. And they left all of their stuff out. They were at home. So, like, you know, weed and scales and all of this stuff was all over their house. They go out, they party, they chill, had a blast. And at the end of the night, they get home to realize that the door to the house had already been opened. So we like, oh, what the fuck? Why the door open? 
So proceeding with caution, but not shooting first and asking questions later, the girls walk back into the house and do like, you know, an investigation and several things they noticed. One was that the fixtures had come off of the wall. Two, that the side patio door leading outside had been broken into. Three, there was a note from the police acknowledging the break-in and letting them know that they had been in the house and to call the police. Okay, good. So it had already been checked on. No real crime had been committed. Cool. And four, they noticed that their entire fucking stash was gone. All of the weed, the rollos, everything was gone. Like, <laughs> and say the girl had a sinus infection, so her, her sinus medicine was gone too. <laughs> Either the person who robbed them took their weed or the police took their weed. Hmm. Let's see how that's going. So, one of the girls was on probation. She had no business even being there because she was already dealing with a drug charge in the first place. So she skirted off. Let me just get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? That's real shit. But other girls stayed back. Cool. Contacted the police. Cool. It's four o'clock in the morning. Cool. Everybody's worried because nobody knows like where exactly did the week go? So of course the police show back up. The police are talking. They ask her all of these crazy questions. Like, do you know anybody that would want to harm you? And you know, when was the last time you've been in an altercation and blah, blah, blah. She says, I've only been here a little while. Like, I wouldn't, I can't make enemies that fast. Cool. And so it seemed like they were about to wrap up. They were about to leave, blah, blah, blah. And the police say, well, we just have one more question to ask you. Um, so we found copious amounts of weed everywhere. It was weed all over the place. It was even, <laughs> it was even other drugs. Like you guys are making meth or something. Is, is there anything you want to say about that? And much to the calmness of Little Wayne and to the urgency of getting the fuck out of the situation, the user replied, Your Honor, I'm a user, not a dealer. You dig? And got out of that shit. <laughs> so we gotta give it up to our girl for successfully using Little Wayne lyrics to get out of situation. And no, Little Wayne is nobody's pillar for like upstanding citizenship or behavior or sobriety or anything like that. But if you actually listen to the music that is being produced, you'll hear some really awesome gems that you can integrate into your life when it matters most. So, Sid, let's give a nice big meow <coughs> for being so smart and being witty and improv enough to get herself out of that. What we need you guys to do is, if you've ever had a story similar to that, send us your stories. We want to see how you guys successfully integrate your trap lyrics, your favorite lyrics, your favorite colloquialisms into your everyday conversation. And I want to see how it gets you out of trouble, because Shawty right here was slick. I want to see what y'all up to. I'm grateful for the experience. I really am. And I'm, I'm grateful for all the criticism and all of the feedback and all of the thought processes 
if you're not ruffling no feathers, it means you're not doing anything. So I totally respect and understand if um, people outside of my target demographic aren't as entertained and empowered by it. But I do hope that everyone can be vulnerable for at least an hour or two and Remember that remember that inner feline. God damn it, Lexi. So I honestly feel like Lexi is the only person who can convince my mom. I wasn't hiding the rudeness from the world. I was hiding the world from my rudeness. And you know, just sometimes the bubble gotta bust and you just gotta be yourself. And I think that's important. I feel like personally, I've worked really, really hard to be like, my motto is always don't give people a reason to say anything to you. You know what I mean? So in in not very many cases, but in some cases, I felt myself always playing it safe. And I felt like that shit backfired for me anyway. I'm just grateful for this opportunity to, to unencumberedly speak and, un, you know, be myself and to say the stuff that low-key, I be saying out loud anyway, but nobody gets a chance to say it because I probably either just thinking out loud and then know I say it or they weren't in a position to genuinely listen to it. So I'm just, whatever whatever the backlash and the repercussions of this are, like, I'm open enough to take it. And I want people to always feel empowered. Like, Sydney, what we always say, stop asking for permission and start asking for forgiveness. Like, do this. It's either gonna work or it's not. That's it, you only gonna get two options. But if you continue to make it work, then it will. So it's like, I, I wanna ask forgiveness from all the people that it matters to ask. I'm not even sure who that list would be. But um, I also want to say thank you for letting a nigga be herself sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, that's important. And I feel like as black women, we are constantly code switching, whether we're code switching with our family, our friends, our our church group, our the Little League Association, our job, you know, the board of directors. We're always code switching to make people around us feel comfortable. And the level of discomfort associated with that is is unnecessary and I'm just I'm tired of it be yourself and I'm I'm totally enjoying being who I've become in these last 30 years it's been a wild ass ride and I just I want people to see me for who I am and sometimes it's gonna be the one thing that you absolutely love and sometimes it's gonna be like ah leave that girl get on my fucking nerves and I'll be the same person each time but what that does and what Kanye is admonishing us to be is to love each other when we are the different faces and the different layers of ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, love heals everything, love fixes everything, whether we realize it or not, but the approach of unconditional support and the approach of being yourself and being vulnerable, like, that really accounts for something in the grander scheme of things. So I just, I want everybody who ever listens to my podcast to take their headphones off and do them. You know what I mean? You want to flip the desk over and storm out because you hate this job? Then do exactly that. You want to cheat on your man because he been getting on your nerves and you know another nigga? All right, proceed with caution. But do you. You know what I mean? Like, Because that's what we want to do anyway. It's just... It's not enough people that get to feel free enough to do it on their own. So I'm giving you permission. Me and Kanye are giving you open, unencumbered permission to be yourself for the rest of your life. And that's because you allowed me to do so first. So thank you. 
we want to thank you guys again for fucking with us for hanging out with us for bullshitting with us we really appreciate it we need you absolutely to subscribe to our catnips podcast on every platform we need you to jump on social media share it with your friends tell us what you think talk shit with us we love talking shit we need you we need to hear what you gotta say and like all our pictures and such and we'll we'll follow back we're good people What can help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money? Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Savings are based on quick and loans, internal data. Points and fees may apply. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. And MLS consumer access.org number 3030.